Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. My name is Fei Yu. I am the Managing Director Europe at Alcott Global. Today, we have the pleasure to talk about automotive supply chain. And our special guest is Husam Hage. Husam is the group's VP supply chain of Fovia, a $26 billion automotive company. Husam has a very international background. He has a deep passion for the automotive industry, and he takes great pride in supply chain and operations. Prior to joining Fovia, Husam worked in various supply chain roles in large companies across sectors, including industrial and telco. And the companies would include huge ones like Bombardier, Michelin, Stellantis, and Alcatel. He had helped huge transformations and implementations around the globe. And Husan, interestingly, began his career as a software engineer at Capgemini. Husan, great to have you here with us. Thank you. Hello and welcome to everyone. <laughs> yes, tell us about you and share with us your career story. Why did you choose supply chain as a career from a software engineer? Well, well, first, I would like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about my career and also, more importantly, to speak about this uh, great function, which is the supply chain. Yeah, as you mentioned, I, I started my career as a software engineer. But maybe before speaking about my career, let me give you a, a few words about myself. So I was born and grew up in Lebanon. Uh, I arrived in France after the high school uh, to have, uh, let's say, engineering degree. I decided to focus my last year in the engineering uh, university on the telecommunication information system. Uh, actually, I found the telecommunication very exciting. It's about connecting people. And for someone who left his country and family very young, it was quite exciting. But information system actually reminded me that much the uh, mathematics. I was very passionate by the logic of mathematics. And this is why I, why I like the uh, information system. So logically, uh, after this uh, degree, I started in the information system as software engineer in Capgemini. And, and very quickly, I moved to the uh, logistics Actually, the main reason was that uh, the software was very much uh, technical, uh, a lot of yeah, technical stuff, but not enough communication, not enough management. And I have the opportunity to, uh, to lead uh, the logistics for Alcatel in uh, France and in, in the US. Uh, it was great, uh, by the way, uh, opportunity because it was in the warehouse, in the shop floor, uh, connected with the people. And it was also in, in a very, very nice uh, region in France, the Burgundy, very known for a lot of things, not only for the supply chain. And then after this, I moved to the U.S. And in both cases, I implemented the, uh, the warehousing and the network centralization. So very, very interesting experience in Alcatel. And then after Alcatel, actually, I, uh, I joined Michelin, great company. I spent almost half of my career in, in Michelin. I did a lot of things, but maybe to summarize, I started as head of the uh, logistics for North Europe. Uh, it was a huge organization with 1,000 people. So I learned the remote work before, before the COVID with this uh, uh, organization. Then I was in charge of the transformation of the supply chain. 
So new IT, a new organization, a new people. And then the most important in this uh, uh, journey was to make the, uh, the, uh, the transformation of the supply chain in, in Europe uh, in, um, in, um, for, for Michelin. After this transformation, I had the opportunity to lead the two uh, business units in, uh, in Michelin. And uh, well, yeah, that's it. Uh, after Michelin, I had two other companies, Stellantis and uh, in, in Bombardier. Uh, Bombardier, it was about the implementation of uh, a new supply chain model, uh, end-to-end supply chain at the corporate level. In this role, I had uh, the opportunity to, uh, to hire an uh, international team. Uh, so it was really great to see how you can uh, combine the talent from different countries. And in Stellantis, the most uh, exciting part was the merger between uh, FCA and PSA. So mm. a lot of international, a lot of transformation. It's mainly automotive, I have to say. Mm. And why moving from the software to the supply chain? Actually, the software is about logical. And mm. the supply chain has a lot of logical. It has also a lot of digital. And on top of that, there is, it, there is more, uh, I would say, connection with the other function, uh, such a purchasing such a production, finance, and so on. Mm. That's it. Yeah. You're in a leadership role, right? How do you describe yourself as a supply chain leader and also share some formula uh, for a successful career in supply chain as well to become a leader? Well, successful, I don't know. But let, let's see, maybe let uh, me explain to you how I behave. Uh, when I take a new position, the first thing I do is first to listen mm. to the teams and to observe the facts. This is very important to, 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 to listen because the main part of the solution are, are known and are existing in the team. So this is the first thing, I listen. The second thing I do is I focus on what is important. Because mm. when you listen, you receive a bunch of information Everybody thinks that everything is interesting, but at the end of the day, you can you have to select. So the selection, it's something very important. So, so you listen, you select, and then you have you define your roadmap uh, with, with with the team, and 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 then you 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 have a clear let's say follow up of the action. But the most important things in this journey is first that you listen, and you define the the, the way to go and so on. Mm-hmm. Now when you do it. I think what is important on top of uh, just following the action, which is, I mean, everybody, when you have any roadmap, you, you, you said action one, deadline, and so on. This is given. But what is important is to feel the team, to mm-hmm. feel how they are. Uh, I mean, sometimes there is lack of motivation. Sometimes there is some issue of teams and so on. And so it's very important on top of the follow, following up of the action is to keep eye on the teams and on their feeling on the, the way they are behaving and they are feeling in, in, during this journey. Mm. Now, in terms of uh, formula to succeed, I mean, I don't know if there is formula. I think there is no formula. But in my case, I have the feeling that what it was very helpful for me was my capacity, again, to listen, mm. to select, my adaptability, uh, uh, because actually, it, when you define your plan, you have a, a vision. And the reality can be different. So you need to be adaptable. And then, and, and again, I repeat uh, again, is to care about the people during this period. So this is uh, what the way I'm behaving, listening to the people, defining the vision with them, and then implementing it while caring about them. 
Mm, yeah, so I love that. So listen, it's actually I hear a lot, a lot, right? About listen and then also focus on the important, focus on people and make selection. And how about people, some young people might think that, oh, if I listen too much, if I care too much about others, what about, what about me? Would people hear what I say, right? What about my own idea? How do I get it out? What would be your suggestion there? Well, I mean, at certain level of responsibility, uh, you it's clear that the, the idea are in the teams. And, and so at the end of the day, if you, you, you're, uh, let's say your you're, you're added value is on the fact that you, you make the selection, you understand the idea coming from the team, and, and then you made your set of ideas. So let's say I have, to make it simple, I have Hussam has no idea. One guy have one idea, another one, another idea, and so on. I make the synthesis. This is my added value today. Mm. Now you are right. If I'm a young engineer and so on, also, I need also to show my idea and so on. I have my skills and so on. But I mean, at the end of the day, each one has something to, to share. For sure, I can uh, share my ID, for example, of the synthesis of the ID of the other one, and, and, and it's fine. Sometimes also I, I share my ID, but when I disagree with some people, when some people tell me something and I say, I, I'm not in line, in, the, in this way, I'm giving my ID. But I don't need to find concrete solution all the time. I can also let the team find the solution and make the synthesis. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling, by the way, that I have zero ID. I'm telling that 90% of ID is coming from the field. Maybe when you are in high position, you have 10% of ID coming from you and 90 from the field. When you are young, maybe it's 50-50. So I think we need to be flexible on, on it. Mm, yeah, so I hear the, the balance of listening and speaking up and also and selecting and giving space to others, right? Motivate more ideas Let, let's actually get to know right the your responsibility at phobia and how you manage your team the culture of your team how do you describe it well at phobia let me just explain uh, how we are going to organize so phobia as you know it's a huge automotive supplier the supply chain is about uh, 12000 people in 250 plants uh, we, are, we have also different hub in uh, different main offices. Uh, we are taking care of the demand with, uh, about the production planning, about the inventory management, about the warehousing, about the transportation, I mean, about everything related to the supply chain. Um, if I have to describe the culture of the team, it's very interesting, by the way, that you ask this question. You are probably the first one uh, everybody asks me figures about uh, the number of warehouses and so on. Uh, you are the first one who asks a question about the culture. And it's very interesting because if I have to say one word, I would say concrete, concrete, concrete. It's probably the place where there is no bullshit possible. You cannot uh, just tell a story. You cannot only talk. There's a lot of action, more action, less talk in concrete. And also what I was surprised about when I joined the company, is how warm are the people? I mean, the people, I mean, were extremely welcoming me with uh, a lot of warmness. Uh, it was very, very nice. And, and, and that's it. So I would say concrete in, in warm. So this is, let's say, in terms of uh, uh, general uh, frame. Also, what it's very interesting, and I think it's not really for we only, it's, it's really the automotive, 
is the level, level of demand. The people are extremely demanding. The people are um, uh, demanding because in our industry, we need to, to be very demand, demanding. So if I have to make example, I would say the culture is concrete action in highly demanding environment in warm manner. Mm. It's not that fact. Mm. That says a lot about supply chain people. <laughs> so that uh, sounds good. And one, as you said that 12,000 people in the organization, right, globally in yeah. all over the world. How do you keep such a huge international team united and motivated to achieve big goals, mutual goals? Wow, this is this is very, very interesting question. It's a great question. And uh, well, I think in order to keep the union, you need first to have a purpose. Uh, you need to have vision. I mean, if you want someone to follow you, you need to know where to go. I mean, nobody is going to follow someone who is lost. So the first thing in this union is to have a clear vision. So since I joined, the first thing I did with the team is to define this vision and to, and to share it with the top manager of the supply chain. So I had meeting, the town hall meeting with 300 top manager and I explained this vision. First, clear vision, and well shared. The second point is you need to have a regular meeting in communication. So in our organization, I have weekly operation meeting with the all the divisions, and I have one full day meeting with those leaders as well, and I have four town hall meeting with the 300 top manager of the supply chain. So this communication is very important because I make sure that everybody uh, understand our vision. Uh, we explain what we are doing, but also we listen uh, to the issue and also to the idea that we get from the field. Mm -hmm. And finally, I visit at least three plant per month. It's a lot of trouble, it is true. But like this, we are always aligned and we understand each other. I understand what is going on in the plant. The plant understands the vision and the target we give. And this is a way we keep the union. Finally, it's like family. I mean, in the family, Normally in the family, you share the same objective, you share the same value. And in order to make to keep the family working, you need to have communication, you need to have dinner together and so on. It's mm -hmm. almost the same, same vision mm -hmm. and regular communication, but in the both sides, it's not top down, it's not bottom up, it's both we are talking together in learning from each other. But yeah, communication, regular one, and if you cannot go, like during the COVID period, you need to keep this regular contact remotely or in, uh, in the field, but you need to do that. Can you give an example about a clear vision? So, for example, like now you need to achieve certain goals and you create a vision and communicate in a simple way. Are there any examples you'd like to share? Well, I think, well, there is many examples, but maybe the last one, I mean, when I uh, started this job in Forvia, uh, in the vision, I, I described the vision based on the customer satisfaction, the cost reduction, and voluntary reduction in uh, CO2 reduction in taking care of the people. So I define those five pillars. I explain where I want to go for each one. So, for example, maybe, I mean, I'm not going to elaborate all of them, but I can give you uh, two, two of them. One is about the CO2. So uh, as you know, I mean, uh, in the CO2 reduction, you have the scope one and two, which is the internal one, and the scope three is the external one. And so as head of the supply chain, I have a huge responsibility in the scope three 
because it's about the transportation. So in this case, I explain where I want to go. So I define a clear target in CO2 reduction. I explain the roadmap. I explain the lever. And then uh, I share this uh, slide or this vision with the team. And now we are going to follow it in the detail. So for example, just to make it simple, the vision is to reduce the CO2 by 45%. This is a vision. The lever is increase the fuel rate in utilization of, uh, let's say, clean means such the train. And the roadmap is what we do each month and so on. And we put in place the follow-up. This is example of vision where we know where to go, we know the roadmap, and also we have the main lever. Now it's up to the team to make this uh, lever happen and up to the team to propose a new one so that the, the vision, the objective still the same, but maybe we have also more lever to make it happen. This is one example, it's about the CO2. The other one is about the, the people. I mean, when you have 12,000 people, you need to have skilled people extremely motivated. In order to do that, the minimum of the minimum of the minimum is to have, have uh, training, which is at the expected level. And so I decided in order to do that, uh, to create what we call the supply chain academy. And so by the way, today, I'm going to finalize the introduction of this uh, supply chain academy. So. The example here of the vision is clear. I need motivated people. And by the way, there is clear KPI to assess the motivation and so on. In order to do that, I have different level of which the Supply Chain Academy, and then I'm going to implement it in place. Mm. I hope that it's more uh, clear now because it's true that I speak a lot about the vision, but I don't want you to think that the vision is kind of PowerPoint. It's really something concrete. It's what it defined my action. It is a work frame, frame of my action. I need it, and I think the people working with me also need it to know where to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been talking to a lot of supply chain leaders, right? In large organization, it's difficult to get the vision from top down to every level and cascaded into the shop floor. And obviously you have achieved this and kudos and it's very difficult to get it to the shop floor so that everybody knows that where they're heading to. Um, so great example you've, you've given. Are there anything you'd like to share in this, how to be an inclusive leader and take your team as family? And uh, you mentioned and visit three plants per month, right? How do you interact with the plant people? Are there any examples you'd like to share? I think from my side, I think that's it. But what I can tell you is that when I observe, I mean, uh, uh, the, our company, for example, in, in Forvia, we have what we call Forvia uh, Excellence System, which is our way to manage the factory. And the fact that we are speaking all the same language, we have the same KPI, we, we have the same dashboard, we have the same routine and so on, it also creates family. It's also about some, some routine. And so, yeah, I would say that I am helped or even blessed of being in a company where family is created also by this uh, routine in the fact that we are speaking almost all uh, the same language, uh, even though we are in 250 plant everywhere in the world. Great stuff. How we would actually talk in the beginning uh, about the supply chain function, like uh, with the scale um, it, at Fovia. So how is your function, the supply chain function perceived 
in Fovia, this huge trend. Uh, we're talking about 26 billion US dollar uh, revenue. How is the function perceived in the organization? Well, it is it is key function for sure. I mean, in the in the supply in the automotive, generally speaking, the supply chain is very very strategic because it's it touch the service. But but maybe just maybe before uh, answering this question, let me tell you what what is the supply chain all about in terms of uh, of, of vision and in, in terms of of target. Because when you look at the supply chain, actually, the supply chain is aiming to do uh, four things. Number one, to serve the customer. Mm. Number two, to do it in lowest cost, number three, lowest inventory, and number four, lowest CO2. So when you are in the automotive uh, business, mm -hmm. for sure, the service is key. I mean, for VIA, if I don't deliver any OEM, mm -hmm. it, the impact is huge. So yeah. the service is completely uh, important. I mean, needless to say how important is the service. Yeah. Second, the, the, the cost inventory for sure, they are important, but today they are even more. Why? Because with the electrification, actually, today, as you know, the mm. cost of the car is, electric car, I, I mean, is roughly 10 to 15,000 more expensive than the equivalent IC uh, car. What does it mean? It means that actually, if you do nothing, the car will become unaffordable for a lot of people. So you need to decrease the cost of the car. How you decrease the cost of the car? It is it is by the parts that Forvia and other company are delivering to to the car maker. Mm. So we need to decrease the cost. But also, in order to go to the electrification, you need to have huge investment. Last year, for example, Stellantis said that they are going to invest 30 billion euro in the coming three years for the electrification. So it's mm. there is a lot of investment. If you have a lot of investment, you need to reduce your inventory to have more cash yeah. so the the cash is, so the inventory is important the cost reduction is important the service is important and and for the co2 co2 i mean needless to tell you how important is the co2 and by the way for we has clear target on the co2 very very ambitious one so all in all what i'm just telling you that the the aim of the supply chain is based on four things that are extremely important for for via for VIA, I would say, main main objective is to serve the customer with the lowest cost, with the lowest inventory, while respecting the CO2 reduction. So at the end of the day, the supply chain is kind of incarnation of the objective of the company. So yes, it is strategic. Is it, it is a strategic because we are, uh, let's say, one of the main uh, contributor to the objective of the company. But we are also partner. We are not only, let's say, kind of stand-alone organization. I mean, we can do nothing without the manufacturing. We can do nothing without the purchasing. We can do nothing without the digital team and so on. And we are extremely connected with the financial. So if I have to answer your question about how we are per perceived, I think first, as a strategic function. Second, as one most transversal in more, most, most, I would say, in the partnership with the other function in the company. Great, great answer. And and that's a role model supply chain organization to become a strategic a function, a key function and a partner for the business. And many supply chain organizations are trying to achieve uh, this status in an organization. Um, and you were also 
in in the bio when we talked about your background you did drive a lot of transformation and in your sector right telco industrial and automotive a lot of disruption and you you you've done quite a lot of transformation in these sectors give us some example of the transformations you feel proud of well any transformation uh, i mean again uh, i will repeat this vision i mean First, any transformation starts with the vision. I mean, the people need to go to 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 know where you want to go before following you. And, and maybe be, be instead of explaining to you how I drive uh, the transformation, let me give you one example. I actually, I think uh, there is one example um, I have in mind, which is I think answer almost to all the thing I uh, I would like to have when I make any transformation. In 2006, I was asked by Michelin to lead the transformation of the supply chain through the implementation of a new information system solution, a new processes, a new organization. And then the, the project called Calisto, it was done between 2006 and 2009. In this, I really, I really enjoyed and I'm quite proud of uh, uh, this project because first, I defined a clear target in vision with strong communication plan to each stakeholders. I remember when I started, I, I asked uh, the organization if I can have someone from the communication because it was, it's not my metier, it's not something I'm used to do. And I asked them how, how I built the communication plan. So the lady explained to me that you need to define the target in, in, in the media and so on. So I understood and I did it. So the first thing in this project is clear vision with strong communication plan. The second one, I would say we did smart roadmap. Uh, we decided to start by the easiest task with the most impact in to finish by the um, com most complicated task with the less impact. I understood afterward that we call it low hanging fruit. I, I was not aware of this word in, before, but this is what we did. We said in order to show to the people uh, the result, let's start by something easy with impact and finish by something complicated and not uh, uh, impactful. This is what I call smart uh, roadmap. Yeah. And the third one, we create kind of atmosphere where the people feel respected, listened, and having fun. We had dinner, we had team building, and so on. For sure, I mean, in, in this kind of project, you have all the follow-up, the meeting, routine, and so on. But I don't want to speak about that because it is given. All, all, all the, the projects are like this. And the last point, and I think probably the most important, is that during the round down, I made everything so that each single uh, member of the team find solution for his own or her own uh, job after the project. So the round down was defined so that everybody was happy with the next step. So in nutshell, I mean, it was clear vision, smart roadmap, nice and funny atmosphere, but also respectful uh, round down. Uh, and I think after that, it gave me a lot of credibility. When the people work with me, they know that I will care about them and I will not uh, let them in, let's say, bad situation, I will make everything to make their career better, providing that they are uh, performing. 
that is um, the successful transformation formula many people are seeking, right? So I, 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 what I hear is I'm taking quite a lot of notes, right? You mentioned the clear vision, communication. So starting from the top and then down and action, right? Uh, smart roadmap and then fun. Also, I love in particular the, the last part, the impo important part, empowered ownership for each individual. Then you actually activate each atom, right, of your team. Uh, that's very powerful. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I think we can congratulate the teams because I, I keep very good uh, connection with them. And by the way, I create recently a WhatsApp group with a few of them because it was very, very, very good experience uh, with them. Hmm. But maybe, I mean, you, you explained to me, you, you asked me also, I mean, you asked me about uh, this kind of transformation, but also what is what it's important is when there is difficulties, because even uh, when you have a, a good product, I mean, uh, I'm not here to sell the product, but it's true that it was a good, good one, but even though you have um, some difficulties. And I remember that as this product was about information system, very often the first uh, implementation you have issue and what is interesting is to see that the support you have from the let's make, let's say from the ecosystem go down very quickly when you have difficulties i mean it's very strange you support the, the, you are very supported when you are successful and a little bit less when you you are not successful yeah. and this is here what i really uh, try to do is to be in in the front line. The first issue we had, I took the lead, so I explain. I took the let's say the problem to be fixed. I made the communication by myself, and I leaded all the operational meeting to fix the problem. So that I showed to uh, to the team that I'm in the front line. I'm I'm not uh, in the office uh, just uh, making uh, uh, communication or politics games. I'm really fixing the problem with them. And I think it's very important when you have any project, you will have issue for sure, you will have problem uh, and the leader need to be in the front line uh, uh, showing the example in acting by exemplarity. Thanks for sharing. Very insightful. Yeah. I also know that uh, now when you talk about transformation uh, in, in, in automotive especially and you're very passionate about that, uh, share more about the beauty of supply chain in, in the sector, in automotive industry. What What's so special about automotive supply chain? What I heard before, I, many concepts actually come from automotive, like we talk about lean, is definitely something from automotive, and then many good ideas in supply chain are coming actually from automotive. Share more with us. Well, I, I think I think the, the main point, it's what we uh, covered just before. Uh, when I spoke about the square uh, with the four uh, angle, is the service, the uh, uh, cost, the inventory, and the uh, CO2. Actually, when you look at um, at uh, this square, I mean, you can speak with any consultant company. When they speak about the supply chain, they give you this square, service, cost, inventory, and CO2. But the weight of each angle is different from each, uh, from each industry. For example, in the healthcare, the service is very, very important. Mm. Last uh, week, I was speaking with someone in this industry, and when we spoke about the inventory, it seems for her not very important. So, because for her, what is important is the uh, the service. 
You have also other company, for example, if you are in the growing company, you need a lot of cash. The inventory is very, very important and you can jeopardize other uh, uh, angle of your square, mm. et cetera, et cetera. When you are in the industry, uh, in the automotive industry, and I explained before, mm. you need to be perfect for each one. Your yeah. service, I mean, our, yesterday I was in the plant mm. and I asked them to show me one of the uh, KPI the most important missing part uh, per million the number was zero so the service is 100 percent. i told him can you please shoot it to me for the last six months zero so this is what the industry of automotive is about uh, all about you need to have almost perfect service yeah, yeah we are obliged because the automotive is useful and also everything is done in very very competitive manner Mm-hmm. The cost in the inventory I talk about this auto. So I think the, the beauty or the challenge of the, the automotive is that you need to be extremely performing, extremely performing in each part of the supply chain. Mm-hmm. This is why we have this lean. Mm-hmm. This is why we have the just in time. This mm-hmm. is why we have the routine. This is why we have the visual management and so on. I mean, when you go to any factory in the automotive, it's impressive how well a structure uh, it is. And so I would say the main point of, of this beauty is, is it driven by the fact that the four angles of the square are extremely important and need to be perfect. Mm. And this is why we are a little bit, uh, uh, let's, I wouldn't say ahead, ahead, but I mean, doing a lot of things in very, very demanding, highly performing manner. Mm. Yeah. And I'm now talking about what's next, right? Because the automotive industry has set good example, but then you are also constantly facing a lot of challenges. It was COVID, right? Yeah. Now it's the EV, electric cars, mm. and then also the Chinese companies entering the market. A lot of challenges for especially European uh, car makers. What, from your point of view, what are the major t- trends and challenges? you're facing in the automotive supply chain well i'm not expert in in the in the in the market i mean as i'm not uh, let's say a market guy mm-hmm. uh, however i mean what i can observe when i see uh, the supply chain of the automotive is probably two things that came to my mind the first one is the uh, the sourcing mm. the, just uh, during a lot of uh, i mean several years we spoke ab- a lot about uh, low-cost count resourcing, talk about decreasing the cost of this part or this part and so on. And I think with the COVID and probably this uh, shortage of uh, face mask, which is quite, which was very strange, we discovered that there is something that need to be maybe reworked a little bit on the sourcing. Mm. And I think the most obvious uh, example is the battery. So in the, any car, uh, as you know, electric car, the true engine is the battery. Battery is very critical, and right. it is the most expensive part of the uh, of the car. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what, for example, Stellantis in Daimler-Benz has decided to do is not to source them uh, like uh, other parts in Asia or somewhere. They create uh, GV, uh, ACC, the company ACC, where they are producing the battery in France, in Germany, in Italy. And those uh, batteries are made by the company owned by those companies. Mm. What, what, what does it mean? It means that we avoid uh, the, uh, let's say, uh, to be dependent on any supplier. And we also we avoid to be dependent on any geopolitical issue. 
yeah. the production is done locally and mm -hmm. it is done uh, by you, your own. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling that we need to re-source or put everything in Europe. I, I mean, it's not uh, what I said, but what we need is to have kind of inventory of each part and to find the one that is a strategic that need to be done locally and by ourselves and not uh, outsourced. Mm -hmm. I think the example of battery is very, very, very good one. And this is what I call, let's say, the smart sourcing. We need, I think, one of the trend, I would call it like this, having smart sourcing where for some product, you can define to do it locally and by yourself rather than doing it far and by someone else. Hmm. So this is, I think, one of the trend I see. And, and again, it's not trend anymore because you see it now in the battery for the main OEM. The second trend, and I think this one is not only for the automotive, it's everywhere. It's the green supply chain. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think, as I, I explained uh, with the square, the CO2 is one of the points, but it's not only the CO2. It's also about the scrap. It's also about the water. It's also about uh, the biodiversity and so on. Mm -hmm. So today we can say clearly that the green uh, aspect will be a, a clear trend in the, in the supply chain for the automotive. Mm. With probably different uh, approach, you will have the approach uh, by using the train for, for example, long distance and for the big part. Mm. You will have the approach to use the electric by uh, electric uh, truck for the uh, last mile. Uh, but also you can modify your sourcing ac accordingly. Mm -hmm. But what I think very, very, very uh, interesting in the automotive is the circular economy. This is something I've seen in, in, in Stellantis. We, we, we developed this activity, and I think the company has a huge ambition on this topic. And this is also a good answer for the green supply chain. And the circular economy actually is very, very interesting supply chain because it is about reverse logistics. It's about also, also uh, taking care of the core and so on. So it's very complicated supply chain. So yeah, if I have to summarize the two trends, I would say smart sourcing and green supply chain. Sounds exciting. And so these are also the trend and challenges, right? What are the major qualities you're looking for to meet these challenges in these major two aspects? You mean the quality of the people? Yes, the quality I, of the people. What kind of people talent are you okay. looking for, for for the future? Yeah, well, well, there is two things. There is the skills uh, that are related to the metier, so the technical skills, and there is the soft skills. I think... We need to recognize that the supply chain is very, very complicated uh, job and we need to have a skilled people. So before speaking about the soft skills, we need to know, have a people knowing the demand, knowing the production planning, knowing the inventory management and so on. So I would say we cannot ask, we cannot utilize uh, supply chain as kind of step in your career like this. It is, it, it requires professionalism. You need to have the skills. Now, in terms of uh, uh, other skills, I think in the supply chain, uh, well, in probably in other jobs as well, uh, the international culture is, is really needed. I mean, you need, to, especially in a company like Forvia, to have international culture in open-minded uh, approach. You need to be open to the other culture, otherwise you will not succeed. You, you cannot ask everybody to behave uh, like you are, and you cannot just know uh, one uh, place in uh, in France or in Germany or whatever, and just be completely close to the world. You need to be open to the world. So this is, 
I would say kind of high level uh, skills, you need to be international in open. Now, if we deep dive more in the personality of the people, I mean, the supply chain is probably the place where you have the, the highest pressure. Uh, you have a lot of uh, requests everywhere and so on. In, in, when you have a lot of pressure, you need to do two things. One, to have the priority, so selection. So, I mean, if you tell yes to everybody, you cannot do it. So you need to learn to, to tell no. It's what I call the priority. So we need people who are able to have the sense of priority. But also, we need people who are uh, resistant to the stress. So the, I would say priority and resistance to the stress. Mm -hmm. uh, this in terms of behavior on the on the daily basis, and um, in the last point, maybe um, I mean I speak about being open to the other cult culture. I I speak about being open to the international, but also we need to be open to the new technology. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a tricky topic because you can be open and naive, meaning accepting everything, everything trendy. I mean you want it, and so on. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, but you can also be open in a selective manner. I, I give you just one example. The, the track and trace is something everybody is talking about it and so on. I need track and trace to see where is my uh, track and so on. Like uh, Amazon, when you, re you receive your, uh, your parcel, you know what, what time it is. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there is a lot of part for which you don't care about track and trace. You don't need to know when it will arrive because it's not important. And so you need to define if, for example, the track and trace is important for you. So in the supply chain, we need people who are enough open to understand the new technology, but also enough precise and concrete to, to tell stop, it's not for me. Yeah, this is what I would say. So open to the world, open to technology, selection of the technology, selection of the request of the people and being uh, resistant to the stress because we have. Mm, yeah, we also need great leaders, right? And supply chain leaders to cultivate, right? To to promote uh, the supply chain talents. If you would summarize a great supply chain leader, what what would this person look like? Well, I think you 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 are right. I mean, we need we need good leader everywhere, but the supply chain is probably the place where it's really needed because there is so much uh, demand on, on this function. And so to me, I mean, the, the, the good leader of the supply chain is someone uh, who is, uh, and here we are speaking about the leadership. We are not speaking about the management or stuff like this. We are really in the leadership. So a good leader is someone who has a clear vision. Again, where we want to go. We need to be very clear. In a clear vision, it's something you can summarize in one minute. If you need five hours to explain your vision, it's not vision. Vision is simple, clear. I want this, this, and this. Good leader is first good vision. Second, he needs to be the incarnation of the vision. It's very, very important when you are the leader that you behave as the one who is incarnating the vision. For example, if your vision is to have zero missing part, as I explained before, everybody in the company needs to know that the first thing you do when you arrive to your office is you look at the KPI uh, missing part. And if at 10 o'clock you don't know the missing part number, it means that you are just bullshitting, excuse me, for this uh, word. So yeah. it means that you need to be the incarnation of your vision. Everybody in the company needs to see that you are behaving fully in line with what you ask the company to do. 
Mm-hmm. And last but not least, again, it's about caring about the people. Mm. Caring about the people, we have to pay attention. Caring about the people doesn't mean that I am happy and I am nice and I am just a friend with everybody. Caring about the people is simple. First, you give them precise, clear objective, which is reachable, mm-hmm. but ambitious, number one, but not out of reach, reachable. Number two, you need to take care of their career path. Career path is not the job of HR only, it's also your, your job. So if I have to summarize, a good leader is someone who has a clear vision, mm. clear incarnation of the vision, an approach where he is he or she is taking care of the people. Great picture. Thanks for describing, picturing it. And I'm very curious about what drives you. Share with us your one motto. Well, uh, it's maybe it has nothing to do now with the leadership, but I remember I, there is a Lebanese proverb said, which means in English, at the end of the day, only the truth appears as true. Mm-hmm. Uh, mean that you need to be uh, authentic. At the end of the day, my main motivation, and especially today, I mean, I have 55 years, I'm, I'm 55 years old, and I think that I start have some, I start to be lucid, let's say. And for me, what is important today is what I do it should not be fake. It should be true. So if I have to finish by one motto, as, as you say, I would say, mm-hmm. Love that. So authenticity, uh, be, truth, be truthful to yourself and to others. Right. Wonderful. I know I'm selfish today. I've, I'm stealing a lot of your time. It's uh, longer than average because I'm very curious about the automotive industry, about supply chain, about your leadership and about your background. It's a great time. It's a big feast for our listeners. Thank you very much, Hussam. I would love to keep you longer, but I know you're busy. And thanks, big plus to you. Thank you. Thank love you very to much. continue next time. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to go to alcartglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest update first. If you're listening to a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, we would appreciate the kind review. Five Star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, Share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out how we can help. Thank you very much.